Hi, and welcome to this one time at OU, and today we are excited and honored to have with us the owner of Tony's Tavern. Welcome, Tony Sylvester, and welcome, Roz. Hi, Tim. Yes, I am honored to be here with the one and only Tony, the owners of owner of Tony's Tavern. Uh, we've talked about this place a, a bunch of times on our podcast so far because it's uh, me and my friends, one of our favorite places, both while we were students in the late 80s and also just every time we come back. Like if I have time just to go to one place, I go to Tony's. And I have um, the same problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just no, I, well, I do have a job where I can tell my wife I'm going to a bar at 10 o'clock at night. and She tells me to have fun. So, I mean, that's that's a that's a that's a perk in itself there. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just it's just a great for those who don't know Tony's. It's at the corner of um, state and court across from Casa. And it's just kind of a, a little brick. Is this brick? No. It's not brick. Why would I think it's brick? Because <laughs> everything here is brick. Right. Everything's brick. This is the one of the, it's the only house that's not brick on State Street. Ah, okay. Right. It, it's just a little tavern, uh, not very big, but it's got great booths and bar, bar and bartenders that are always friendly and a great little smoking patio and free darts. And I just always feel like when I'm here, I'm among friends, I guess. Just always had, always had good memories of this place. It's the essence of Athens. It is, I guess it is. It's it's one of the best parts of Athens. <laughs> it just it just proved that I've lived long enough. That's all it that matters. This building dates back to 1829. This original building, the way it looks now, is in the model of the 1840 building. So basically, um, it's a it's a barn. You know, they put wood at the bottom, built up, put put a gabled it, and then you know it's basically you can make a, a barn or a bar out of it. And both begins with B, so we decided to go with a bar. Wow, 1829. Yeah. Wow. When they redid this building in 1982, they were ta- they took 36-inch hand-hewed oak beams out of the they, and they were rotted away and they had to replace them with two 18-inch beams that were taped or uh, glued together. So it was really interesting to watch them do that. Wow. Um, this building used to have a third floor back uh, around 77, 78. It looked it looked like uh, like you would. But my the joke in town was it was the only bar you could go in and go down two steps physically and socially. Because <laughs> above this is a part an apartment. Apartments, and then right. there used to be a third floor. And when Mary Johnson sat it from like fifty seven to seventy seven, she this is when the miners had like fifteen thousand miners working in Athens County. So she would open at like six thirty in the morning for the third shift miners, and she'd be open all the way till two thirty in the morning. And then she'd charge a penny on the dollar of cash paychecks, so she would she'd make three or four hundred dollars. Back in the fifties, cash and paychecks from the mines. So, uh, oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah, so you know, and she finally died in nineteen seventy-seven, and it sat empty till about eighty. And then the gentleman that bought it was Roman Warmke. He was an e- economics professor here at the university. He had his son run it. Um, his son was in a wheelchair. He went two tours of duty in Vietnam, and then hit hit a phone pole when he got back and became a paraplegic. So he ran in a wheelchair, and the name of the bar was Cripple Creek. Wow. <laughs> you would never do that these days, no, would you? <laughs> there's no, there wasn't PC back then. But he kind of ran it like it was his favorite playground, and, and uh, you know, he, he did a lot of substances. Then his dad finally pulled the plug on it, and 
and they got some grant money in uh, about 81 to make this building look like it looked in 1840. Um, so they took the third floor off, redid it all. And I've got pictures of the outside. That when you take the, uh, I've got, I put new uh, wood paneling on the outside. When you take that off, all the beams on the outside of the building, most of them are all hand-hewed that the, that the, when the building was put together. So it's really, wow. it, I've got a picture somewhere of all that when we took the, we put the cement board on the side of the building and what the what the building looked like when we did before we did it and then we had it all off it was pretty kind of cool oh that is cool it's like a log cabin when you walk by and you drive by and you wonder how old it is and because you know it's old that's the, that was the picture i got from it right yeah. right that's so funny cripple creek how did you so, get into the business yeah that's what i was um, gonna ask i was a manager at ponderosa came here in end of 78 79 to help open it where are you originally from Colum- i'm from columbus ohio okay 12 years of parochial school Oh, I uh, did parochial school as well. Yeah. I feel your pain. It took me two years after I got out of school to lose my tick. Uh, <laughs> Those nuns. Nuns. Um, so I came down here to run to Ponderosa. I ended up going to Ashland, Kentucky in 1980 for a year. And I came back in 81 to run the one here in Athens again. And I decided that, you know, I was 27, 28, 29. Uh, the bar business was great in Athens. I can't imagine not wanting to be a bar owner in Athens. Because it's, you know, I'm 28 years old and single at that time. So why wouldn't you want to be a bar owner in Athens? Um, so uh, I formed a corporation with a couple other managers of Ponderosas. And we were trying to buy some bars in town. And we couldn't buy them because they didn't have enough financial records to get a loan at a bank. Which told me I really wanted to own a bar more now than ever. Because um, right. they they, if you had to keep good records, you know, it didn't sound like a good business to be in. Right. So... <laughs> so that all went to the side, and then in, in, when this building became available, actually the interesting story about this is that the, we tried to buy the greener years ago, uh, and we yes. couldn't do it because they didn't have enough financial records. Ah. Well, they sold it to some other gentleman, and they had a non-compete clause with this gentleman to not open another bar in town. Well, two months later, the guy that sold the greeneries had his son opening this place as a bar. Well, the gentleman took exception to that. And uh, somehow along, the the guy that owned was trying to do this ended up with six bullet holes in the side of his car. And he decided that maybe he should go to Columbus and open a bar. Wow. So he knew I was trying to buy a bar. So he came to me and said, would you like to take this over? I said, well, sure. Well, the person that owned this building was Roman Warnke. He was an economics professor here. Okay, right. And he it's passed away in like 86 or 87. He drowned in Cancun, got caught in the undertow and drowned. Oh. So, um, but... Um, so I went to him and I said, you know, I'm like, I'll, I'll get in the bar business. Well, he had had so much trouble with the guy that was trying to open a bar here. He went and got the guy that owned Casa Que Pasa across the street back then in the early 80s to maybe move his bar, his restaurant bar over here. Well, I was second in line now. Okay. So I kept bugging Roman about getting in the bar business. And I had lined up finances. My dad had his house paid off, so he said he'd remortgage it and give me $45,000 to start the business. Aw, nice so dad. That was a nice dad. <laughs> um, so I, he gave me, he, it was, uh, what, January 31st was the deadline for the guy across the street to make in 1981. No, 80, yeah, 81. So I called him at two minutes after midnight, and this guy had not repeated, didn't say he wanted it. So he said, I guess we're in business now. And that's how I got in the bar business. Wow, you're on it. Yeah. It was just like, you're like, I want that. And, yeah. and it just worked out for you. That's right. awesome. Well, it turns out great because Ponderosa, you know, there's two Ponderosas in the country now. <laughs> right. You know, Ponderosa was my first job. I, I like that place. You did? You Ponderosa, Ponderosa was my first job, too, before management, too. Oh, yeah. that's funny. So, um, 
it was a, it was a great place to work. And I, it really, the nice thing about being a manager at Ponderosa is you were responsible for your own business. You did your own P&L and everything there. So when I got to be come here, it was like I already had a college education in business. Right. Because I, I had to do my own P&L. They, I sent it into the company. They graded it and sent it back. It was like a test every month ah, on right. how to run your business. Right. So that's prepared me to, plus you were, you know, as a manager, you were paid for 55 hours a week. But if you worked less than 70, you were doing something wrong. Um, uh, right. Yeah, right. So that's what, that, so walking, working long hours didn't bother me either. So I finally got the bar in 82. My dad loaned me the money. Um, I opened the bar March 29th of 1982. Okay. Um, it was a wonderful night. Uh, my girlfriend broke up with me the week before, came in the bar the night I opened the bar and picked some guy up and took him home. So that's my, You'll never forget it. That, that's a, I really know. That was my claim to fame. I was miserable the night I opened my first business because my ex-girlfriend picked some guy up and took him home. Uh, you're the bar owner. Can't you find someone? Well, well I, I was a little, I was, I was, well, what I didn't realize was, yeah, you know, these would be really great. You know, I'll be, I'll be single. I'll be a bar owner. Right. But, you know, but I was, but when you were paying $45,000 back and you're paying another $25,000 to Roman every month and you're making, you know, and beers are 70 cents or 50 cents a piece, you know, and I'm working seven days a week, you know, hundred hours a week. There's not a lot of time for. Oh, that's true. You know, so, and I didn't mind doing it because I knew it was mine. Yeah. And I, and, and I always tell people. I mean, you that, named it after yourself. You were like, "This well, is." Well, I thought about all the cute names, and I said, "Well, you know, the, someone someone said I should name it uh, Antonio's," and I said, "No, that sounds gay." Uh, <laughs> I want something I can believe in. Tony. Yeah, I said Tony's. <laughs> yeah, good, that good would, name. That would not have been the same Antonio's. Though, though to this day, I still get people come in and want to know if they can get pizza. Right, right. Where's the spaghetti? <laughs> Where's the spaghetti? Um, so you know, I did that. And for the first three years, I probably I lived at the corner of Union Schaefer, in a hundred my with a roommate, and we paid one hundred twenty five dollars a month for a walk up, right across from the open front gate of the cemetery. I have some great pictures of the fog rolling in from the cemetery when I get home at night. Uh, uh, and I did that for three and a half years. I never did anything but work. Uh, but wow! Yeah. It was, but it was my job. It was my baby. It was my life. I it, this was my chance to be successful. Right, and, and I wasn't going to take that. And there were some hard times, you know. I had to borrow more money because I got behind on my sales tax in the early years. Got that caught up, um, you know. But in the meantime, I continued to work, and it was, you know, it was just great because I can't think of a better job than the one you have that you don't mind getting up in the morning and going to. You don't mind being here, and you like your job. You right. know, I wish everybody that. Right. Oh, I wish that. But, well, here we are 37 years later right. and you're successful and, you know, Tim and I loved it when, uh, you know, for us, I think it was a place to go where we're here late eighties, um, before you went out and then on the way home, right. like it would be 2 AM and we'd all, they'd say last call. We would all go Yankee shots. We'd do a Yankee shot and decide where to go for for after hours. That is pretty much the way it goes nowadays. Is that still the only, <laughs> the only difference nowadays is that these kids pre-party and usually like on a Saturday night we'll have we'll be okay, but we won't get busy till after eleven o'clock at night. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you used to be busy at four in the afternoon. When you were here it's probably busy from at happy hour and then you go home, have dinner and come back out. Right. Well now they, they pre party at the houses and you know uh, when my son my son was went to school here and the first week of school, he knew where every party was, how you were supposed to dress, and what the theme was. 
and he lived in a dorm. So, right. so they knew exactly what was going on. So that's kind of changed from over the years as far as students. Uh, the 21 drinking age changed things. Right. Um, you know, the interesting thing about my bar is when I bought it in 82, they had sold off the 3-2 license. And all I could be was 21 and over. Ah. So I had to gear the bar for older people. Right. And a couple other breaks, the union changed hand at that time and Swanky's closed. So there were people looking for a place to come. And that and it was just a good timing, too. I can't argue with that. Right. You know. Right. Um, well, let's talk about some of the challenges you've had being being a bar owner and some of the stories that have come out of 37 years of owning Tony's. I mean, I'm sure you've got a million of them. Oh yeah. But what are some of your favorites? Well, my, my favorite is on me. Um, one night I had was in here and I was doing tequila and I decided I was going to drive home. Now this is, I lived on the corner of Union Schaefer. And if you don't know where Tony's is, <laughs> it's about a 45 minute, 45 second drive from the front of my bar to where I lived. Right. But being that I was tequila infused, I thought I should take the long way home. So I went all the way through campus, all the way past the stadium, all the way past the football stadium, basketball stadium to get home. Took me 20 minutes drunk to drive home. When I woke up the next morning, I went, well, that was about the dumbest thing I've ever done in my whole life. (laughs) Right. You know, of course, it did give me a chance to get sick on the way home. I would stop the car, throw up, get back in the car and drive some more. Did it ever occur to you to walk? (laughs) No, because I was committed. I was the same thing as owning a bar. I'm committed. Whatever I'm going to do, I'm committed to. So I finally got home and I think I woke up like late in the afternoon and realized how stupid I was. Um, Some of the other great stories, you know, I've had managers with me that, I lost my manager in 2006 from brain cancer, but he was with me 26 years. Um, I've got two managers with me now that have been with me 12 and 14 years, respectively. The philosophy that I've always gone with Tony's is, is I want a bar that I would like to go to. You know, when I walk right. into, I know everybody. I'm having a great time. So that's the bar I started. And, you know, and I think everybody likes that. You know, everybody, I've had people, I have regulars that have been coming in here for 30 years. Right. Yeah, and they're still all alive, which is really cool. <laughs> right, right. Well, you've made them the home yeah. away from home. That's some of the great stories. Is you know, we've the first two years I had uh, New Year's Eve parties, and I've got still got the book where everybody signed in. And we had dancing. Um, you know, I asked my wife to marry me on New Year's Eve in here in '85. I better get this right. '85, um, and you know. And I've been married now 32 years, so it's been really nice. Nice. Yeah. And um, you know, you find you find your level, evil, even point. You know, where you feel that life is good, and and I've had that for 37 years, and I feel real good about it. Oh, that's great. That's great. That is that is great. Not many people can say that, so feel feel fortunate. I think I am fortunate. You know, as I, I tell my son all the time, no one gets out of this life alive. You better do what you want to do, and 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 enjoy it because there's no point because you. You can spend the rest of your life being miserable if you don't. Right, right. And wasn't there something about the tequila and the couple and the... Oh, what's oh that, yes. What's oh, yeah, we story? had that one. Yes. We had uh, one Sunday night in the summer, we caught a couple doing, and I'm going to pronounce this correctly, tequila <laughs> in my bar. They would He would come up and get extra lemon and salt, and then I would look around, and he would be doing tequila shots off her bosoms. <laughs> right in the middle and um and pretty soon she's naked and so now you know it's not busy so it's kind of enjoying everybody's kind of turned their chairs and are watching now and then it gets busy so then i gotta go in 
and tell her to get dressed and they leave. Well, all the women that worked for me in the bar just gave me a rash of crap about not stopping it soon enough. And I went, well, they didn't seem to care. Why would I? <laughs> right, right. And it, it was, it, they talked about that for months after. It was, <laughs> it was a wonderful time. But we, you know, we found used condoms in booths. Um, oh, gross. Oh, yeah. We found used condoms in booths. We found underwear. Well, we found many things. I had, uh, I, I had to go to a stand, uh, sink that had a bottom on it because uh, two girls were sitting on the sink doing whatever two girls do in the bathroom, and they tore the sink off the wall. Uh, uh, so we had to replace that. So there's there's plethoras of great stories. We've had uh, we've had Paul Servino in the bar from the uh, he was an actor and he was in the uh, oh what was he in he he, he was well he's in t- movies but he was also in the Sopranos. Oh yes, yes. And uh, and then we had the Tedeschi, Tedeschi Trucks band in the bar. Oh, I'm a huge fan of them. They did years ago. We had a bar down called the Blue Gator, which was the Greenery, and it was a blues club. Well, Tedeschi Trucks played on a Monday night in between shows because they could make quick. Vibes. They did. Yeah. Wow, man. Uh, this had been in that. the '90s. Yeah. And or maybe late '90s or early 2000s, and they came to the bar and drank with my manager Brad, and he just was the best night of his life because he loved Susan Tedeschi and he yes. loved Darius Trucks, you know, and Eric Clapton said he's one of the best guitar players he ever heard. So it was just, you know, a great night and he didn't call me. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. I'm sitting at home, my day off. You didn't call me. He goes, well, you know, I figured you wanted your day off. I said, no, I think I had to come in for that. Right. So we've had good people. Paul, uh, what's his name? Um, the uh, guy who worked on the Today Show. Oh, Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer's been in. Uh, a couple of times before he was disgraced. And- yes. I actually ran into him once when I was here. He, uh, we were going to some restaurant and he opened the door for us. So right. no, I didn't meet him, but he just opened the door. Right. Well, it's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really. Probably, probably. I know. Oh, he was so proud of him. And now it's like he's well, disgraced. Well, well yeah. sometimes Damn great it, power Matt. brings great stupidity. <laughs> Damn it, Matt. Damn it, Matt. And I'm a journalism major, right. so I really held him in honesty. Yes. Exactly. So, you know, Roger Ailes is from here. You know, he's, oh. the, then they took the name off his building. Oh. So there's all, all, you know, so there's lots of history. And, and, and the nicest thing about, I think about OU is the number of people that come here to go to school and then stay. Right. You know, and that's the majority of my clientele is that way. They're all people that have, I mean, I've got a couple of lawyers that have retired, worked for uh, public defender's office and, and they, and they worked for 30 years in the public defender's office helping. They're retired now. But they still, you know, Athens is their home. I think it's it's just the feeling you get, the family atmosphere of the whole town. And I think a lot has to do with the fact that you're 68 miles from anywhere. Right. And when you are when you come here, you are forced to be yourself or at least try to be yourself. And you make your friends that will last you a lifetime here. Yes. So Yeah, that's that's my group of friends, the exactly. ones I met here. My so. sister who went to school here and oh, I went, almost went broke supporting her while well, she was here in 84. Um, her and her six girlfriends that graduated from here still meet in Florida every year for a week and have a week of OU fun with their with their friends. Yeah, so, fun. So it's it's you know you never, as I said, it's always as close as your memories, never farther away than your heart. Aw, that nice. Oh, that is. <laughs> you are the person you are. As I tell everybody, I said, you think about it. You come down around the bend on the bypass, and the whole university opens into that valley in front of you. And you're a freshman, and you wonder where you're going to be in four years. And all of a sudden, in four years, you're there, and you're looking around, and you're going, I'm ready for the next step. 
thank you, OU. Right, right. And some people say, I'm staying here forever. <laughs> right. And sometimes it goes five years, and sometimes it goes six years, and sometimes you stay forever. But it still prepares you for the next step. It does. And it's been a great experience for everybody. It does. It does. Well, tell me more about... Um, I always wonder, as a bar owner, how hard it is to get people out the door at 2 a.m. Well, Do you ever have any yes, issues with that? but I do have that. But I also put a lot of neon lights in here at 2 o'clock in the morning. When you turn on the light, you get to really see who you're talking to at 2 uh. o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and uh, and about that time, they realize it's time to go home. <laughs> or maybe they're like, maybe if you'd be like, okay, they're going to turn on the lights and we got to go. <laughs> well, that and last call. When you, when you make the announcement that it's last call, and then you start saying, okay, you got 10 minutes and we're going to start taking drinks off the bar. That's a good sign for people to leave. Oh, so you'll start taking the drinks yeah, away. Yeah. That's the only way to get them out. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll stay here forever otherwise. I know. mean, I remember one Halloween um, that there was the time change. Yes. And there was like, people were going to riot because you were trying to close. But we were like, no, it's it's the time because time change happens right at two. I remember that night. Uh, we had porta out of the building over here up in front of Suflaki's. And I had two, what did I say? I'd say redneck gentlemen who were here to see the college co-heads decide they were going to go pee in my alley. Oh, yeah. And I'm doing the, do- the, the my one doorman uh, who still works for me was is 6'6", 270 pounds. So he's changing the keg. And these guys going, are you a cop? And I go, no, but I don't want you to pee in the alley. Make the alley smart. She said, well, fuck you. I said, okay. Uh. And just then as they walked down the alley, Jeff comes out the door and, and you know, they all come up to his chest here and he's looking down at him and he goes, he says, uh, where are you going? I'm going to go pee. He says, well, you can't pee in the alley. He goes, you a cop? And he smiles at him and he goes, it really doesn't matter. You're still not going to pee here. <laughs> and they turned around and walked away and I could see what he said. You should have listened to me first. <laughs> yeah, man. Come on. <laughs> so they went and stood in line. I mean, you know, just it's just stupid stuff that happens. You know, now that now we have the state fire marshal comes down every year on Halloween for no particular reason. Um, other than, you know, I, I guess he gets paid to do it. I don't know. But uh, but did you, so, because I can't remember, did you stay open another hour that night or did yes, you close? Yes. You, you know, just stayed open. Well, we, we figured it out this way. You know, we get an extra hour, it's spring forwards, fall back. So at in the fall, we'll do the normal thing. At 2 o'clock, we turn back to 1. But in the spring, we at 1.30, we turn the clock ahead to 2.30 and close at 3.00. So that way we only lose a half hour of business on one side and gain an hour on the other side. Right, right. So it's, a, it's all math. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what's like one of all the weekends here, you have mom's weekend and Halloween and, and dad's weekend. What's like your favorite weekend and what's your worst weekend? Well, or, Halloween, or time is, of the year? Halloween is probably the worst weekend because you have police forces from all over the southern part of the state who needs a merit badge and you got six horse patrols. Everybody needs their crowd control. You know, they all. They, I've got all this equipment that I don't use. I'm going to wear it down here you know, uh, for Halloween. Right gear. You know, one guy got <laughs> got charged with a soldering officer. He punched a horse one year down here. Um, you know, so Halloween's probably the most stressful because there's so many liquor agents and everything in town. Oh, right. The best, Not just for the students, but for the bar owners, the too. Be, the best weekend is always homecoming because, oh. every, you know, you know when you come back, you love your ultimate home. I love homecoming, altar. yeah. And, and it come in, you know, um, on homecoming, you know, the, I have a shot called the hot nut. And I'm sure if you went to OU, you're probably familiar with it. 
On that day, I have 24 cases of liters on the floor of hot of hazelnut, which is what's in the hot yeah, nut. Yeah, what's in a hot nut? Hot nut and coffee and a little magic. Okay. Um, <laughs> which, if you've been drinking them, you'll know that it's true. Um, but So I had 24 cases on the floor Friday morning. Sunday morning, I had 11 left. Mm. I went through 13 cases of liters in less than 48 hours. Right. You know, I never drank them 40 and 50 at a time. So I always tell people my son's out of debt from college thanks to the hot nut, which means I'm out of debt from college thanks to the hot nut. <laughs> so, um, so homecoming is great. I like mom's weekend better than dad's weekend. Dads think they can keep up with their kids, and they haven't practiced in years. Yeah. So they're the they're the worst when they're drinking. You know, it's 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 like you know, yeah. Every fifty five year old guy thinks that a twenty year old girl's going home with him. Right. Whereas you know, the uh, and mom's weekend. Every 55-year-old woman thinks a 20-year-old man will go home with him. And sometimes that's true. <laughs> Which is a lot more true there than it is the other way around. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> that I, is for, funny. the rumor is that one of the uptown markets sells out of condoms every year on Mom's Weekend. Oh. <laughs> so that that's all hearsay. Don't quote me on that. But I have heard it's true. Ah, yeah. I have to check the date of that one. Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing. I have, I have bought... A couple of guys drinks who are sitting at the bar, and I say, you look depressed. Where's your mom? Well, she's at home boning my roommate. Oh. And I said, let me get you a shot, buddy. I said, I can understand why you're pissed off. And he goes, yep, I'm pissed off about it. I said, okay. I said, are you going to – I said, and what are you going to do? You've already signed a lease. It ain't like you can move out on him. <laughs> so, um, you know, we've had, oh, we've had incidents where uh, Sunday – Saturday morning – they're trying to drink early in the morning, and the kids get arrested for underage because they're drunk already. And a couple of the moms jumped on the policeman's back to try oh. to, to try to get to try to get uh, their kids out of trouble. Oh my god! They all spent they they all spent till Sunday or Monday afternoon in Athens so they could see the judge. <laughs> oh my gosh! I've been here for like four moms' weekends, even though I just have a kid here now. Because my niece went here, so I was jumping on any excuse to come right. here. And it is like moms go crazy. Yes. And I love it, number one, because I don't feel like an old lady in the bars here. Because right. you're much of old ladies in the bar. And I think the moms are just extra happy because they did the majority of the child rearing. And they're like, woohoo, they're out of the house. They're and, doing good. And they use credit you know? cards and they don't tip as much. Oh. <laughs> moms are cheaper than dads. Oh. Which makes dads weekend more lucrative. <laughs> um, but you know, on Halloween, some of the great costumes that people wear on Halloween are great. I one year they had a twelve foot penis come up town that, that had smoke coming out of the front of it. Oh uh, my gosh! You know, we've had uh, Jesus Christ on stilts. Um, you know, and so there. And if you remember, for years Halloween wasn't sanctioned. Yes, that's what we were just, here. Wasn't they would sanctioned. just take over the street. Yeah. yeah. Well, they decided they better sanction it before somebody gets killed and then they get really blamed for it mm -hmm. so you know and they and now and now it, it's a lot less it's probably the of all the specialty weekends it's the slowest weekend i have right yeah because wow. it's friday night they got friends coming to town they don't come uptown because they're partying at house right. and saturday night they come uptown and this year it was 38 degrees and rain so they make one trip uptown go back home so yeah, the past two years that my son's been here it's been raining Right. So and I have, I used one. to charge a, a dollar to get in, or I'd call it bathroom tax or asshole tax. <laughs> um, and I didn't charge in the last two years because it just doesn't, there's just not enough people to do uh, it. You know. Yeah, you know, I, I gotta say as a side note, I love the bathroom here. 
something about this because it's big and you have room and you can get yourself together right. without other people in your way. And I've always loved that about and, and it's just a little side. And note. there's a, <laughs> and I and I managed to put up six mirrors in there, so you get to you, even even when you sit down, you can look at your face. Right, <laughs> and of course the girls go in together and right. chat and take yeah. turns. And exactly, it's like the best bathroom. But they're ever. also but they also the <laughs> girls also treat the rest the restroom just as bad as boys do. Oh, probably. You know, it wasn't one of the, me. Re- one of the reasons me. I only have one one toilet in there is so that they hurry up. Oh, right. You know, I, I I probably could change the bathroom around and put two of them in there, but that doesn't. They you still have to lock the door because the way the it faces open to the to the bar. Right. And the second thing all is that you know people will knock on the door if you take too long. It makes you hurry up, so they don't have time to. Well, we did have someone kick in the plumbing the last two weeks ago. Um, on on New, on New Year's Eve, but I figured that was just boyfriend broke up with somebody or something. Uh, so got that fixed, but you know it's just the price of doing business, right? In a college town, right? You know that's why that's why my booths are. I've had my same booths and tables for thirty seven years, and they and they weigh about you know each each booth half a booth weighs about one hundred and twenty pounds, and the tables weigh about forty pounds each, and every couple of years I have to sand them down. So they're a lot thinner than they used to be and take all the graffiti out because I don't mind graffiti in tables. First of all, I figure they've ruined their dorm key or and they have to go get a new one, cost them money. And second of all, I figure it's worth two more beers every time they're trying to carve their name into a table. Yeah, they're spending time they're here. They're spending time here. I love Good. that. Yeah. So, and, you know, they'll come back and they'll, they'll look for their thing on the wall or they'll look through something on the table. And, you know, it's great when they come back and they find something. You know, yeah. my, some of the best graffiti in the world's in the bathrooms. You know, like um, my uh, BAC is higher than my GPA is one of my favorites. <laughs> Wait, BAC? Blood alcohol content. Oh, blood alcohol content. Higher than my <laughs> GPA. My GPA. Yeah. So that was son. a good one. Um, you know, and uh, Larry, somebody does Pomeroy Girls. Every time I repaint the bathroom, that's the first thing that goes back in the... And I don't know what it means. Pomeroy Girls, yeah. like the city. Yeah. Like, oh, like my it's gosh. A ba- like it's a bad thing. <laughs> so I don't that know what so they... so funny. So, you know, they do... And, um, you know, if we had people pass out in the bar, in the ladies' restroom, and we can unlock the door from the outside. And so her name was Corrine. And Corrine... Someone in there after the next day put Corrine was here and she started started at the top with an arrow and wrote all wrote line all the way down to the floor uh. <laughs> and pointed to where she was. It was very funny. She got really mad about it, but we really all laughed. <laughs> that was very funny. And, now, and you're getting new tables. You yeah, said we're, we're, we're going to try some new tables and, and booths. Uh, I think it's time. Um, I think I may have these all t- set out to a field and maybe have a. Or I can just cut them up and sell them in pieces. Maybe I do that. I think people would buy these things. Yeah. Well, yeah. What do you think, Tim? I think I Smithsonian would want, want one. <laughs> well, I think they'd have to be sterilized before they anybody else does them. I tell you, one day someone stole my bathroom door. Years ago, I remember. <laughs> you remember? You remember my the men's room had the door with the crescent moon on it? Do you remember that when you were here? I I. I don't, sorry, but I believe that it was yes, there. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, that so it had a crescent moon. moon. Yeah. It was been up there for like 15 years. And one day somebody just ripped, I mean, I had six-inch bolts and, and nails in there. They ripped it right off and carried it out the door. And, uh, and to this day, I think they probably all died from touching it. Damn, Jeff must not have been on duty that <laughs> <Yeah>. day. <laughs> well, you know, that, it, it really depends. When the door is on, if the doorman, doorman doesn't start till nine, some of this start, starts earlier. You know, years ago, it did start earlier. Right. So... 
you know, I figure whoever stole it died from touching it, so I'm okay with yeah, it. Yeah, really. <laughs> What's your worst uh, a fake ID? I imagine people would have. Oh, we've had some experiences. I'm sure. <laughs> the girl gave her ID. We let her in, and two people later, the same girl with the, with the same ID showed up. And it, and, it was, and it was just one. The first one had been expired, and she got that one, and, and the second one was her. So we just got both of them, asked them to go out the door then. And then the one that was a five foot four white girl that had the six foot five black guy's ID. Uh. <laughs> you know, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> this doesn't look like you. Right. <laughs> and you shrunk. I don't think this is good. Because, you know, a lot of bars, and I don't want to say, and to this day, there's still. Uh, some of the bars are known as underage bars, and that's going to be forever. Um, you know, the old joke, if you can get a dollar over the bar, you can get a drink. Right. Um, so IDs are always suggestive. Now, my son sent and his friends sent $800 to the mail when he was a freshman to get IDs from Florida in the state of Indiana. So I, when he came in, he goes, look, Dad, this ID is so real. It has a hologram and everything. I said, well, this hologram for the state of Indiana is the state of Indiana. Yours is a world with an anchor through it. Uh-huh. I said, um, oh, it's got a magnetic strip. Let's try that. Swipe, swipe, swipe. It didn't work. He couldn't use it to get in the bars, but he used it at every carryout in town. Right, because he, right. You know, because nobody cared back then. Um, so it was just interesting, you know, fake IDs. And then, I, and then he gets mad at me. He goes, well, I'm going to get my money back. I said, son, is there anywhere on that ad that said for entertainment purposes only? He goes, yes, it is. And I go, well, I'm very entertained. <laughs> you're a little poor, and I'm kind yeah, of You're a little poor, but I was very entertained. So it worked out good that way. Um, you know, it's just, it. the bar business is great for me because it's a way of me to, re- it keeps me young. At 67 years old, talking to people that are 22 years old make me feel like I'm young. You know, uh, I'm not by any mean woke because I don't know what that means, uh, but I am. I am. I like to hear fresh ideas. I like young people. I think they bring a lot of energy that that at my age helps me stay young. Right, right. Is so that twenty-two year old the same that you know twenty years ago as it is today? You think? No, they're they're much more sophisticated. The twenty-one drinking age, they they will drink hard liquor at twenty-one, but because they've already been drinking beer since they were 17. Uh, right. Now they will. One of the things I do here is now I have all of Jackie O's products on the bar. I have Cider House. I have Devil's Kettle. I have uh, Little Fish. All the local breweries I, I keep on tap for a couple reasons. One, I want to support the local business. Second of all, I sell everything for 25 cents less than they sell it for. Ah. So when they come in, they don't got to go anywhere else to get that. Right. You know, maybe a specific beer they may have to go to Jackie O's for, or the Little Fisher Devil's Kettle, but you know, it gives them a reason to stay. The same reason I have a cigarette machine. You know, even though it's you know, uh, I have to buy a license every year. I for I have a license for it every year because if they're going to walk across the street to buy a pack of cigarettes, even though it's down to, you know, twelve percent of this country smokes, it still behooves me for them to not have to go anywhere. Right. They can buy it here. I chain train prices a carry out for seven dollars seven fifty a smoke. You know, it, it, it does, it, it keep, it's just a matter of convenience for them. I don't want them to leave once they get here. And that's the idea of, of a bar. You want to keep it that way. Right. So. Right. And uh, they have that wonderful smoking patio. I think that right. one, when did you put that on? Well, it, well, the fun thing about that is that I put one on about just that little wooded area 
as you first walk out, yeah, that was there for a long time, right? Uh, for about 15 years. And then when I went to build the rest of the smoking patio with the cement and everything, they said, Oh, that's so old, we're gonna grandfather it in. And I went, Okay, that's fine with me. Oh, nice, so because so I didn't get a permit yeah. to build it, yeah, and you have to buy pay all those fees, yeah. and submit plans, right. and all that so, stuff. So I paid the permit fees for the new one. I didn't have to pay permit fees on the old one. Ah, nice. And yeah, that's, I mean, and that goes with the smoking. It's like, they're going to smoke. Let them yeah. smoke out there and come well, back you in. Well, the thing about it is, again, I don't want hurt. them to go anywhere. Yeah. Right. Don't let them. They can stay here all day. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, I've got, and, the, and again, the gates on the outside of that thing, that the gate itself, my brother-in-law does iron work. He made that gate. That gate weighs 250 pounds. I can't even get a spring to work on it because it because it, ah. it, it weighs so much the spring won't close it. Ah. So you have to close it when you leave. But right. But it's a small price to pay for security. That's nice. If you've ever been to Tony's, the ceilings are ten feet tall. My wife used to make me undress in the garage when there was smoking in here because I smelled so bad. So I would never go back to smoking. Plus, I have a smoking patio and I have it heated out there and I put I put awnings up and I've got uh, they zip up and and they keep the place warm. You know, so it's all it's all for the convenience so that it can stay out here. Plus, it gives me, you know, 30 more people I can have in here. Right. So right. It, it's, it's, it, it works really well that way. It's a good business decision. And did yeah. your wife had wife just had desserts? Just Is that correct? That correct? That yes, she had just, just desserts back in the early 80s. Uh, she graduated from OU with a bachelor's in journalism and a master's in telecommunications. And she wanted to work in a advertising agency somewhere. Um, however, um, I asked her out on a date. And she wouldn't go out. She went out with me on one date, but wouldn't go out with me for another twelve months. But when I get off work every night, I would call her on the phone, and we would talk for an hour before I go to bed. Ah. So, but she would never date me again. So finally, after a year, I said, "You know, we're just friends, right?" And she goes, "Yeah." I said, "Well, do you think your sister will go out with me?" <laughs> she goes, "I don't know. You'll have to ask her." I said, "Well, I know we're just friends, right? I don't want you to be upset." She said, "I'm not upset." Two weeks later, she moved in and never moved out. Oh, that's oh. how you got her. Yeah. <laughs> she was working at Just Dessert. You're like, honey, I hate this. No, she, I, 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 well, I had to give, it. yeah, I had to give her something to do because she didn't get to do what she wanted to do. So I, we, we worked, started our own business for her, and it worked really well. Uh, she did a great job, um, and then she decided that's not what she wanted to do anymore because she was young, and I'm fine with that. We sold it um, because it just is a bit. She didn't want to be the baker because then you got to come in at three in the morning to do that. So we sold it to someone to the, to the baker, and he was fine with it coming in at three o'clock in the morning. And then she went to work in the healthcare field and did uh, third-party healthcare stuff. And she loved that. She's now disabled. She's uh, she's had a, a bout of Gillian Barre, and uh, she's uh, five years out from breast cancer. So uh -huh. she's uh, so she's she's a survivor and she does a great job and now she is now going to be president of the Athens County Foundation. So she gives back to the community to this day. How great! Yes, yeah. she's. I can tell everybody she's the best wife I ever had. <laughs> she's the only wife I, I ever had. I was going to say she's the only wife you ever had. Yeah, well, you know, you can eliminate the competition. <laughs> you couldn't. You couldn't though use the like. You smell like nice desserts. Please undress in the in the garage before you come in. No, in fact, she wouldn't even let me eat in there because I was fat. <laughs> Well, between the desserts and the booze, you made right. everybody happy. Yeah, exactly. We cover all the comfort areas. Yes, we try to do both of that. So. Right. But you have lost weight in recent years, haven't you? Yeah, I had uh, I had lap band surgery in 2006, and I've lost 200 pounds. Wow. Which is good because, you know, there's no I guarantee it. At 450 pounds or 400, and I could weigh myself at 425, I think, um, that, that 
I'd be standing, I'd be sitting here talking to you today. You know, my son just got married in August, and yeah. I would very much like to see grandchildren. And um, he's 29, and I said I'd like to have grandchildren if I can bounce them on my knee before my knee breaks. Could you hurry it up? <laughs> yeah, well, I he saw said, you around Thanksgiving. You look great. Yeah, I do feel good. Um, you know, uh, you know, my one of the things I have had. I've got two new knees from being 425 pounds, and my back is bad in a certain area. I've got some. I've got some compression in my back. Because I was 425 pounds, but that's the price you pay for not not being healthy for 20 years, right? And and then working at Ponderosa and here at the bar and standing on your feet 18 hours a day, so you know it all it all it all comes back to bite you. But you know I wouldn't trade it for the world for the bar because it was an investment of my life and my time, and I really enjoyed it. Right, right. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna get get a picture with this Athens legend before I leave here and. I'll put it on our uh, website for anyone who wants to see what uh, Tony looks like in person. I've let my hair grow a little bit. <laughs> and, and as I've gotten older, the hair that I've lost, if you'll notice from a picture, I've lost some hair. The hair that I've kept is curly, and I don't know how that works. Because <laughs> I had always really straight hair. Now, I did have a period back in the, in, uh, the early 80s where I, uh, I called it my Jewish period, where I, had, I, had, I did a perm. I had full hair. Oh, well, yeah. perms, 80s, yeah. that was yeah. everybody. Yeah. Everybody did perms in the 80s. I had a mustache and stuff like that. I won't grow one now because it doesn't come in dark. <laughs> right. Tony, uh, this has been great. And thanks for also your, your words of wisdom. I mean, we talk about the feeling you get in Athens. It, Tony's is the Athens, yeah. essence of Athens. And all the things you said about it are, are true. And I think it's will forever be uh, the number one go-to spot when people come back. Go to Tony's. I mean, it was... I hope so. You know, I, I tell everybody I'm the second oldest bar owner in town. Don Pepper at the CI bought the CI a year and a half before I did, ah. it, and uh, you know, so I think it's it was it, I could do I probably could have done more, but I couldn't have done anything better. Right. Well, you have live music. Yeah, you I do have live. I have live jazz on Tuesday night now with a bunch of guys that played in bands that you would be familiar with: the Wingnuts, uh, Mimi Hart, and the Bobcats. Uh, the Hillbilly, or whatever, Hillbilly Bobcats, whatever their name was. All these guys played in the Royales. Uh, these are all guys that are in their late 50s, early 60s, and 70s. Kay Carter played in the Kay Carter Trio. She's 74. She plays trumpet. They sing. They they, 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 they have great jazz, and, they, and they're really great mu musicians. Mark Hellenberg plays in the band. They're really good. Oh, good, good. See, he keeps changing with the times. He has the hot nuts. The well, I tell people, when bands. I stop wanting to screw with this place, it's time to sell it. Oh, right. In other words, when I want to stop doing something like new tables. Right. You know, uh, the smoking patio. Uh, things that I want to do to continue. I'm going to put a new floor in in the next couple of years. Hopefully my son, I can talk into coming back here in the next four to five years. Yeah. You know, but he's married. He's got to find something for his wife to do. So... I said, you figure that out, son. I did it with my your your mom. Right. You figure it free with your wife. She can right. come back and do something. Because he's a great kid. Does he like this bar a lot? He, yeah. You know, yeah. one thing I will tell you about my son is when I sit at the end of the bar, at the far end of the bar, and he walks in, it's like me watching me walk in the bar. Oh, wow. <laughs> it, it, it takes him 15 minutes to get back to the, where I'm sitting, talks to people. They he glad hands. He's happy. He laughs. You know, his personality is different than mine, but that's nothing wrong with that. You know, he brings you a both different are smiling vibe. too. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, he brings a different he brings a different vibe, and I really think that's how you continue to grow as as a business. Oh, that's great, that's great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Well, it's been my pleasure. You I know? really appreciate it. Uh, any last story before we go? It doesn't seem like 37 years, <laughs> um, but I enjoy it. So. All right.
right. Well, any last words, Tim? I'm going to let uh, this busy man get back to work. Just a big thank you, and you are Athens, and we're so honored and glad to have you on the show. Thank you. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Let me know if you need anything else. All right, great. I'm going to go have a beer now. All right. Bye.